Welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. And I'm Eli. And today we have a very awesome episode. We're going to be talking about Mothman. <laughs> That's kind of the reported sound that he makes. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> we first talked about Mothman in the very first episode because I told everybody that was my favorite cryptid. And I was like, we're going to do an episode on Mothman. And here we are. We're doing our episode on Mothman, starting out the year. So, unlike normally, Dave didn't do the research for this one. What? <laughs> nope, I didn't do any research. I've been working on reading a book. Took all of his effort to read. <laughs> he well, he, he is working on his Madame Blavatsky. Madame Blavatsky? Yes, there we go, that episode. He's reading that information. I read two books. I read none. I read The Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. And I read Mothman Real, Bo- Real Life Sightings. Now, now, Amy, the last books you read were the... Um, the ones about past life regressions, yeah. correct? Uh-huh. So it's been a while since I read a book. But <laughs> now, the Mothman real life story was really only like 30 pages, but it was like 30 pages of different accounts of Mothman yeah. settings. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, now, the Mothman Prophecies is by John Keel, which is the movie Mothman Prophecies with Richard, Gre- Get Richard Gere from what, early 2000s, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly <coughs> when it was made is based off of him. And he is actually a ufologist who was sent to the Point Pleasant area to start researching, to research different light anomalies and UFO sightings that have been seen. And while he was there, the Mothman sighting started. And so then he, you know, all this, a bunch of things started happening at once while he was there. So he got really sucked into the Mothman and the whole Point Pleasant area. <laughs> he became the Mothman. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I just found I found it interesting that he was there before the phenomenon started. Yeah, I think there may have been like one or wait, two wait, wait, sightings wait, wait, wait. when he before he got so there. So he is the ma- Mothman. Oh, he is the Man Man. Yeah, the Man Man. The Man Man. The Mothman. There you go. The Muffin Man. Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. <laughs> he lives under a lane. I could go with some muffins right now. Uh, muffin. Muffins not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so according to um, his book, Mothman Prophecies, the Native Americans knew something about West Virginia that nobody else seemed to know. Um, Modern anthropologists have worked out maps of Indian occupancy pre-Columbian America, so before Columbus and the Europeans came to America, kind of how they spread out naturally. Um, And these maps are based off of languages spoken, things like that. The Shawnee and Cherokee occupied areas to the south and southwest. The, I'm going to say this name wrong. I've never heard of this tribe. So I apologize if anybody's a member of this tribe and I butcher this name. But the Monacan settled to the east of, to the east. And the Erie and Conestogas claimed areas north of West Virginia. I mean, even the desert, you know, you got in the far west were occupied by the Navajo and the, the Hopi and all of that. But there is a spot on the map. There's only one spot on the map that is listed uninhabited, and that is West Virginia. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't West Virginia surrounded by rivers? 
I believe so, but I am no geography expert. So okay, because I'm sitting here thinking of how would they know the um, the border of a state that didn't exist yet? True, but maybe it's just a general area. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's uh, what I'm getting at. With if it's surrounded by rivers, it's like yeah, don't cross the river. Yeah, because some of those lines could overlap, but the majority of that that area probably wasn't inhabited. No. Now yeah. there are some Cherokee legends of them coming across a group of very pale humans with very that were very sensitive to the sun and the light. And in some of the stories, the Cherokees actually kind of abused them and picked on them and enslaved them. You mean like vampires? That. Well, that was something I started thinking. That's what actually. I was thinking about. And yeah. those people supposedly fled into the Appalachians. So maybe those people went towards West Virginia. So we could go vampire or, in West Virginia now. Or they were either vampire or extremely Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were they drunk? Did it kind of explain drunkness in that? They um, did not, know. Because as we know, our, when the Irish came over here, they started settling in the areas of Appalachia long before any other white man went there. Yeah. Wow. Long before the Americans even I went know. into the region. The, I know that they said that there's also, there are stories of a albino family or a group of albinos that live up in the Appalachian Mountains. So I don't know if maybe that's, like they're descendants of these people. I don't know. I didn't really dig too much into that. I just found that really interesting that that area was vacant of Native Americans because that's yeah. going to be a very heavily wooded, uh, fertile soil, lots of animals and game. You would think that that would be a really nice place to settle. I've I've personally never went been to West Virginia, but me either. I, I hear it's nice. I hear that whole area is nice. I've actually <laughs> I've never been uh, east of uh, New Orleans. New Orleans is far as far east as I've ever been. So I believe it's pronounced Nolens. Nolens. Uh, Nolens. You're from there around yeah, that area. Nolens. So. All right, Nolens. All right, that's as far east as I've ever been. So I don't know. I've just heard the song before, and I just want to go up there and find me Mount Mama. Yeah. <laughs> West Virginia, Mount Mama, <laughs> take me home, baby. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Now there is a lot of history surrounding the Point Pleasant, West Virginia area. And if I accidentally mess up and say Point Place, Wisconsin. For some reason, I did that a lot in the very first episode. That's 70 that's show. that 70s show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's a fake town. That's a fake so. town, but there happen to be Mothman sightings in Wisconsin. So I might get things mixed up at some point in time. <laughs> so just catch me on it, call me on it. Hello, uh, Wisconsin. Disclaimer. <laughs> but okay, on October 10th, or October 10th, 1779, there was the Battle of Point Pleasant. 1,000 Virginia militiamen fought under Colonel Andrew Lewis to hold off forces of Shawnee and Mingo Braves of approximately the same number. They were led by Chief Cornstalk. <laughs> All the good names were taken. I wouldn't be running with Bear. <laughs> taken. Um, Silver Fox. No. Cornstalk? <laughs> That one's good. It's like trying to make a PlayStation account. <laughs> <laughs> All the good ones does, are taken. Does corn even grow in that area? I'm sure it does. I mean, that was part of like, like that's close to where like the pilgrims and stuff were. 
I guess I guess if they're more on the Ohio side, maybe, but. I don't think corn grows in the mountains very well. <laughs> I don't know. Can we do silver fox with the O being a zero? The man nope. is dead. Okay. <laughs> no. You can make fun of him all you want. I he, apologize. He cursed, might be offended. He cursed the land. Now no. I'm getting cursed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Actually, this event is remembered as one of the first battles of the American War of Independence. Um, Chief Cornstalk was said in to have... In 1797? 1774. Oh, I thought you said 1797. 1774. Um, Chief Cornstalk was said to have cursed the land before he fell. Now, I had just talked about how there were no Native Americans in that area, right? Yeah. So this threw me off. So I was like, okay, but how did, you know, well, apparently the British and the colonials were recruiting Native Americans to fight for them. Mm-hmm. So this was just a group of Native Americans that fought for the British. So they were just there fighting the Virginia militiamen. Now, in 1920, the Clinton, or 1920. The Clinton administration? <laughs> in 1920, Clinton became the home of the fir- world's first uh, petrochemical plant, the United Carbide Corporation. Now, I'm not sure what a petrochemical plant is. Somebody will look it up because I meant to do that and I forgot. Petrochemical? Uh-huh. I'm guessing it's oil. Gas and oil. Yeah, Petro- let's look it up. Let's look it up. I would assume it's some kind of something made with the gas, with the oil. It could just be styrofoam or something that it, they make. Yeah. Because that's made with. But it was the oil. world's first, and it was. Converts natural resources such as crude oil, natural gas, ores, and minerals into products with a wide range of applications. So, yeah, basically they're making your plastics or your styrofoams and. Then probably not, but... Yeah, well, yeah. But, you know, your cleaners and industrial cleaners and stuff like that, I'm sure, too. Yeah, motor oils and... Which paraffin wax comes from a byproduct of making gasoline. Yeah. And then we... And we put our hands in it. Yeah, and then we scent them and burn them as candles in our homes. (laughs) That's hot. (laughs) Yes, fire is hot. Yeah. Yeah. Hot. Hot. All right, and then also in World War II, Point Pleasant was the site of West Virginia's Ordnance Works, a munition manufacturing plant. Now, this manufacturing plant included over 40 bunkers um, that looked like igloos, or are called igloos. They're underground, or they, they were underground, so you couldn't see them from above. It just like looked like rolling hills. Yeah. Um, that they housed explosives. <coughs> now, some reports say that they didn't move all the explosives out, and some of the explosives are still well, in these bunkers. There's also reports about... Toxic chemicals being released yeah. from the bunkers, which we'll get into that a little bit later. So yeah. I got. But this area is called the TNT area. So a lot of sightings refer to the TNT area as where they've been spotted, or where Mothman has been spotted. Now, and, and that's the old munitions yes. storage facility. And it was also, it became a um, National Guard post. There's a power plant. Um, it's also referred to as the McClickton Wild man- wildlife management area or the chief cornstalk wildlife management area. So you're saying that there's a, like, is it, there's a forestry around that area? Yeah, there's a wildlife, wow. pres- wildlife preservation area around yes. TNT. Holy crap. Okay. Which is part of the issue with the, they were supposedly leaking toxic materials from the bunkers into the water so, supply of the preservation. Mothman very oh, well right. could be a mutated. Th- there's, you know, a, there's, yeah. a, there's a crane that, 
a lot of people believed it's a mutated crane that is the Mothman. Yeah. So it has a bright red head and then large wingspan already. Dark gray, light gray. Now, in that Mothman Prophecies book, he reported people were actually seeing an ostrich-like bird in the area like a week or two leading up to some of the very first sightings. Well, if you think of a crane, if you're thinking of a mutated crane, ostriches and cranes kind of have similar shapes. Yeah. You know, the longer necks. Teenage Mutant Ninja Cranes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Cranes. Wasn't Crane his enemy? Heroes half beak. Enemies and Heroes with some wingspan. Speaking of wingspan, Mothman is said to have a wingspan of 10 to 12 feet. That's a big wingspan. That's a huge bitch. Now, which I don't know for the size of the thing, not really, because there's like eagles have a longer wingspan than that. Well, they say that this thing is about seven to eight feet tall Mm -hmm. with a wingspan of 10 to 11 feet or 10 to 12 feet. Now, there was one. There's one case that I heard where he was standing on the center median or like the center line of the road and his wings reached either side of the road. Yeah. Which I mean, to a, me is bigger than 12 feet, a, right? A, a buzzard <laughs> can do that, and a buzzard needs wings that big to fly. What I'm getting at is how does this thing fly if its wingspan isn't even as tall as its frame? A bumblebee is not supposed to fly either, but bumblebees fly. Yeah, they got the honeys. Magic. Yes. So there's and reports of the Mothman actually not flapping his wings to fly yeah, at all. There's reports. Well, the that reports they don't. that he just like hovers and like he just takes off from a standing position and doesn't flap his wings like, at the all. Wings See is now more like that is some some alien type. The wings, from what I grasp, stuff. are more of like a swimming thing. Like it's just to kind of propel him in a direction. Oh, okay. Um, he doesn't so much flap them except for like occasionally from some of the sightings yeah. that I've read. He just uses them to steer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. So he's kind of like a glider. He's Batman. No, 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 no. That's that the right song? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You I, actually I, did it right this na, time. Na, 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 <laughs> Batman. Well, I, start, I, I did it, and then I started thinking, no, I'm doing it in Spider-Man, like in my head, and I was like, that's not right. No. <laughs> All right. So do you remember, I think it was our first episode, I talked about how I swore I saw a Mothman on our back porch. Yeah. Or on the back fence. All right, I it was basically an I remember owl. That. Like I, I talked. I, I, okay, yeah, so basically there was an owl on our back fence, but when I opened the door, I just saw this giant wing thing take off, and it freaked me out. And I think I had just watched a Mothman documentary, and I was like, "Oh my god, Math Mothman! <laughs> oh god, not Mathman! <laughs> not two plus four! <laughs> Mathman no. is way Mathman is way scarier than Mothman. I my only <laughs> weakness." <laughs> Numbers. <laughs> Only way you can beat me is by dividing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my god. Anyway, no, I'm just think of a stupid hero, superhero <laughs> named Math Man. I'm sure he exists somewhere in some universe. Um. All right. The very first sighting that I found of Mothman was in 1961, which is. About five years before, like, the big onslaught of sightings. Now, the very first sighting was a father and daughter that happened to be driving through the Chief Cornstalk Wildlife Management area late one evening. They slowed their vehicle after spotting a large figure um, poised smack dab in the center line. 
that was ahead of him. They were surprised, but the daughter didn't slow down. She just kept driving. Um, they didn't know what this thing was. But she didn't have to worry about hitting it because it just took off and it like unfolded its wings. And this is the first story I was talking about how it went from one side of the road to the other, the wingspan. And he just took and went straight up in the air and avoided being hit. Wow. I'm more concerned that there isn't a fence around this place where they're storing munitions. There is. There is a fence around a lot of it. It's kind of so like... So they went through the fence and they were driving through well, it. To get well, to the, the, to get to the bunkers, there's like a fence around them and those are locked. Now, yeah. people go around the fence as they do. <clears throat> the TNT area, from what I've gotten from the reading that I've done, is, you know, here we have South Base. Well, we don't need more of it. The university tore down a lot of it. Yeah. But it's just a bunch of roads and it had a bunch of old abandoned bunkers. Not bunkers, but so um, barracks. Much, yeah. Yeah. It was like that. So it's just a it's, bunch of old roads. It's just old roads through a natural wildlife preserva- preservation. And then inside that preservation, there's the area called the TNT area. Now, weren't the you... roads go beside it. And oh, okay. Yeah. I think route, uh, route 2 goes through Something it. Like and yeah, yeah. Like there's like actually a highway that goes through this area. But like the, the TNT area is sectioned yeah, off. Where, yeah. yeah, where all the bunkers are is sectioned off and gated off. Okay, okay. On November November 1966, there were five men headed by lead grave digger Kenneth Duncan that were out digging a grave in Clinton, West Virginia, when they described what would appear to be a brown man-like figure ascending from a nearby gro- ascending from a nearby grove of trees and dive bomb the group. This creature flew right over their heads. So they were able to get a pretty good look of it, and they described, you know, humanoid with large wings and red glowing eyes. And once again, it just proves the point that grave diggers have the coolest stories ever. (laughs) (laughs) They were actually digging Kenneth's brother's grave. Oh, really? That's kind of a coincidence. Yeah. Now, one of the most infamous sightings, I guess you would say would be that of the scar- scarberries and the mallets. Now, any documentary you see, you usually see Linda Scarberry in yeah. it. She's, like, yeah. she's usually like number one interviewee. This incident happened November 15th, 1960, 1966, at 10.30 p.m. Uh, the married couple of Steve and Mary Mallet and Roger and Linda Scarberry were out cruising through the town uh, in Roger's 50, 57 Chevy. And they were out near the McClendick Wildlife Management Area. <laughs> what were they doing out there? Smoking jazz cigarettes? They were just cruising. <laughs> cruising. Cruise with me, baby. It's a different time. Yeah. I mean, heck, we used to do that. I mean, we would go cruising around town. Well, yeah, when smoking weed, but <laughs> why I would you be doing it sober? Weed. Oh, now, okay. I cruised and smoked cigarettes in high school. Well, there you go. Smoking something. <laughs> um. They passed the old power plant, which is situated next to the National Guard Armory. They saw a large bird-like winged humanoid in the sky. It was shaped like a man, but bigger, Rogers said later, maybe six and a half, seven feet tall, and it had big wings folded against its back. But it was those eyes that got us, Linda declared. It was two big eyes like automobile reflectors. They were hypnotic, Roger continued. For a minute, we couldn't, we couldn't, for a minute, we could only stare at it. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. 
Then Steve yelled, let's get out of here. The group took off and headed back to town. Suddenly they saw, suddenly they saw it or another one just like it standing on a small hill near the road they'd hurtled past. So there were two of them? They don't know. It was either the same one flying very quickly or it was another one. I guess both possible. Yeah. It spread its wings, or it spread its bat wings and took off straight into the air. Again, with that upward, like, helicopter takeoff. We were doing 100 miles per hour, Roger said, and that bird kept right up with us. It wasn't even flapping its wings. I could hear it making a sound, said Mrs. Mullet. It squeaked like a big mouse. It followed us right to the city limits, Roger went on. Funny thing, we noticed a dead dog by the side of the road there. A big dog. But when we came back minutes later, the dog was gone. Oh, poor dog. The group recalled seeing the body of a large dog on the roadside on its way into town. Um, when they finally calmed down and they went back out, that dog was gone. So they stopped there and like got out and looked around. And Now, this is where I have two different accounts. And I don't know if this is just different stories from the different sources. Like if maybe they told different stories or if... I, I don't know how it works. Or one person wrote it down then, the other person wrote it down later that day when they got back to the yeah. office. Basically, one account <clears throat> says that they went in straight into town to the sheriff's office, and the other account says they went back out first and looked around and then went back to the sheriff's office. The See, second the, one seems <clears throat> more... Well, the, one, the report I heard was they went into town into, actually it was City Hall, and the report I heard was City Hall went to the sheriff and then the sheriff went back out with them is the story is the story well, see, i heard so that was the so first one that i heard story. that was like the like the first one i heard was that they went back to the sheriff got the sheriff and went back out there because the sheriff the reports that the sheriff believed them because this was such a small town everybody knew everybody yeah. and these people weren't troublemakers they weren't known to lie yeah. So the sheriff 100% believed them and went out with them. Now, another story that I heard was that they went back out there and saw it again. And this time it was a little bit more aggressive towards them and a little bit more territorial and protective. And that's when they went back and got the sheriff. That would make sense if it would actually, if it's somewhat of a scavenger. Yeah. Because if, if it's a scavenger, it's going to protect its meal. Yeah. If it just, if it just got that dog. Yeah. And it's yeah. taking the dog back. and it, that, yeah. would make, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now... They, they said that, you know, again, they heard the sound of a giant mouse, that um, it chased them off. And then when their headlights hit it, it seemed to startle it, and it took off and ran away from them, is what they said in that, in that story. And then that's when they went back to get the sheriff. So it ran instead of flew that yes. time. Now with the sheriff, Deputy uh, Millard Halsted, they followed them back out to the TNT area, they looked around, you know, they didn't see anything that time. But when he turned on his radio, there was a loud screeching sound that actually drowned out the dispatcher. That sounded just like this noise that they had heard originally. Yeah, I have, a, I have an account like that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was like, okay. He felt a little uneasy, but he turned off the radio. He hopped back in his cruiser, went back to town and wrote his report. Um, the next day, Sheriff uh, George Johnson called a press conference to talk about this giant bird that had a sighting out. Um, it was at that point that a journalist gave the creature the name of Mothman from the Mothman character off of the Batman TV series. Mm. So that's where Mothman came from. 
Because I was sitting there doing Mothman research, and all of a sudden, all these, you know, Batman. comics started showing up. And I'm like, well, no, this is not the Mothman that I want. <laughs> so then I had to research and see it's what came first. It's the Mothman you deserve. <laughs> 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 now, um, something interesting about this, Roger and Linda were living in a trailer house at this time. And after the sighting and the weeks that followed it, they kept hearing strange sounds around their trailer at night, beeps and loud garbly noises. Um, they said that described it as like a sped up uh, phonograph record. Mm-hmm. And they were ever, they were never able to locate the source of the sounds. So they actually ended up moving and they ended up moving into Linda's parents' basement to get away from these noises. Which is a really it's bad upgrade. It's an upgrade. UFO. <laughs> really bad upgrade. It was an UFO. An UFO? UFO. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, we could do a whole episode on UFO sightings with Mothman. <laughs> and in fact, one of my sources for my information is the MUFON page. Move on. MUFON has a whole page dedicated to Mothman. Wow. So. Now, there would be over 100 Mothman sightings in the Point Pleasant area in 13 months after this. Uh, one of the things that I saw was after the, uh, the bridge collapse. It ceased. Uh, huh? Said it ceased. Well, After the bridge collapsed, they didn't have reports for like seven years. One thing that I saw though is that after the bridge after bridge collapse, it was more so that they had more up until a month and a half afterwards, and then it ceased. Is what I saw. I saw that they had a huge spike in MIB activity. Yeah. After the bridge collapsed. Tulpas. Now. That's what I was thinking too. That is actually something that. Keel actually addresses in his book. Like one of the first pages talks about tulpas and it talks about the manifestation of there was a, an old house in Greenwich in New York and this house was just a normal old house, never had any activity reported until the, the owner left and then all of a sudden there was all this haunted activity and people kept talking about seeing this hooded black shadow figure yeah. in their hallway. And, you know, around the property. Well, it just so happened that the previous owner was an author. And the author wrote the book. Of their, his main character's name was Shadow. And this, this character wore a black hood and, you know, hung around. So the theory is, is that the author actually created the tulpa of this character that still haunts this property to the day. Wow. Because that energy is still there that he created. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. So <laughs> that I, is really cool. This yeah. this book like took me back to other episodes that we'd done. I was like, Tulpas, there we go. Poltergeist, there we go. I mean, it was like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess we're going to just cover everything with Mothman. Yeah, well, so, so much of this stuff just intertwines together. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Now, on the same night, there was a gentleman, um, he was a contractor. His name was Newell Petridge. And he was watching TV when the broadcast was interrupted by a static pattern um, and an insistent buzzing sound. Then he heard a large screeching sound out outside. His German shepherd bandit started to howl at something by the barn. So he got his flashlight, went out there, and he came face to face with this red-eyed winged creature. Bandit was a trained hunting dog, so he started chasing after the creature. He, uh, Petridge went in to get his rifle. He came back out. Both the dog and the creature were gone. The dog never returned. So then when he heard the story of the dead dog that same night, he knew it was Bandit, and Bandit never returned home. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, that's, so. that's so I read that even story too, yeah. sadder. When I read that, I was like, okay, well, that kind of is confirmation that they saw this dog. Because yeah. I was kind of like, what does the dead dog have to do with anything at this point? And then yeah. I read this story, and I'm like, oh. And it was when he read the stories of the Scarberry's account of the dog on the side of the road that he's like, that must have been abandoned. Well, the cool thing is, I'm guess, guessing because of the time, the era it was and everything, is that this stuff was believable and put in the papers. Nowadays, it wouldn't happen, but you got to think for this guy, this farmer or contractor or whatever, to see this crazy thing and his dog go dis- missing and then, you know, the next morning read the paper and it's someone describing exactly what you just saw. It's got to be very good for him just to realize he's not crazy. Some validation. Yeah. validation. Like, yeah. that wouldn't happen nowadays. No. Now you see a UFO and then it's like... No. I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> then it just goes in, like, the National Enquirer or whatever and it's just like... Yeah. You know, junk junk news. What what stinks about that though is like the same exact thing is uh like when like there's so many sightings, like what I what I actually read and and whatnot is that what they had said is there was so many more sightings afterwards, but probably even more, but the people that had more sightings wouldn't have came to and was like, Hey, by the way, I'm nuts, but here's yeah. what I saw. Because no one wants to be like persecuted against for Thinking that they saw something, even if, even if yeah. you're in a smaller, uh, you know, town or whatnot, it's just a lot of what happened too is when the the MIBs came in, they started harassing the the witnesses, yeah, and you know, threatening them, and then everybody who witnessed it. I mean, I'll go into this more in depth. They started receiving these weird phone calls, yeah, that was and uh, with poltergeist activities. For those people who know the Chernobyl uh, plant and everything in Russia. <clears throat> there was a Mothman sighting around before this, um, and actually the government was actually calling people who were witnesses, calling them liars, telling them if they tell anybody they're going to be killed, and it was the government covering everything up because it was a leak that there was something going on at the nuclear plant. And yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's the same thing that I, I I read on is that they like after the bridge collapse. There was both uh, military and uh, local law enforcement quarantined off the area where the bridge had collapsed, and then turned around and like, like multiple people just thought that it was a complete cover up. The way they acted towards them, the way they acted towards the uh, the citizens that had experienced these experiences and whatnot, it was just like they were almost like, "You're a liar! You're a liar! You're a liar!" And it's <laughs> well, let me tell you, my paranoia level increased drastically while reading about the Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> and like helicopters, I like to hear helicopters like over our house for a little bit extra time and I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't So we keep talking about the bridge, but we haven't actually got, we haven't got to the bridge. I think uh, everybody, I think most <laughs> people know about yeah. Mothman and the bridge, but the we'll get to bridge. it. Now, on November 16th, uh, 1966, Ralph, Th- Ralph Thomas and his family were at home, along with family friends Marcella Bennett and her baby daughter Tina, as well as wa- Raymond Wamsley and his wife Kathy. They had seen a red light floating over the TNT facility along with a bunch of other people. It wasn't just them who have seen, had seen this light. Now, when the other, hep- the other families were leaving the Thomas house... Um, this is what happened. It didn't look like a plane, Bennett recalled, but I just kept walking towards the car. 
As they approached, something moved on the ground near the car. Matt, math man again. <laughs> Mothman, who had been, Mothman, who had been lying on the ground, slowly rose up to stand before the group at his full height. Out of the corner of my eye, Bennett said, I saw this creature. It was over six feet tall, and it looked like a giant bird, but yet a man. It was standing with its shoulders and its neck hunched over. I just couldn't imagine what I was seeing and panicked. And when, to try, when I tried to run, I couldn't. Bennett was so shocked, she dropped her baby daughter, Tina. Um, now, one account says that she picked her back up and ran inside. Another account is actually that um, Mr. Wamsley, or Wamsley, I don't know if I'm saying it right, picked up the baby and grabbed her and pulled her inside. She said, I felt like I was in a trance. Then when I finally was able to get back to my feet, my knees were scuffed, but I finally got a hold of myself, and then I heard the creature flying behind me. I heard its wings. They were flapping. It was a really loud sound. This is the only account that I have of its wings flapping. So I have a, a couple of the stories I read and heard. I actually have them flapping their wings, but there's reasonings behind that. Yeah. So. Now, Thomas locked the doors and the windows, but Mothman went onto the porch and peered in the window at the family. They called the police, but by the time the police arrived, the creature was gone. Bennett said she was haunted by this encounter, and she believed that Mothman visited her home later on different, many different occasions. She would hear sounds that she likened to a woman screeching near her isolated home on the edge of town. It was very frightening, Bennett said. It was the most frightening experience of my life. I hope I never see it again. I, couldn't be, I could be driving along, and all of a sudden I could feel something in my back seat. Slam on my brakes. It was a presence, a presence I will never forget. Now, that is something I heard from a lot of witnesses. Yeah, one of the stories I have had is almost as the exact same thing. It's just the feeling they got. Now, John Keel went out exploring. Uh, they went out to the TNT and uh, Mary Hare. Or I can't remember her last name. I have it down in here. I want to come to it. I'll say it again. But she was a local reporter. They were out driving around. They were looking at areas. Well, he, everybody went back, and he went back out and was driving. And he hit this spot where he just immense fear just took over him and then he drove about 10 feet and it was gone so he parked his car and he walked and he there was like a line as soon as he hit this spot he just had this immense fear and he had it until he got to the other side and then it was gone and then he panicked because then he had to walk he knew he had to walk back through it to get to his car <laughs> and he oh, said it no. was like the most intense fear. He said, so it was some kind of a pulse or energy on that stretch of road that he could actually tell where it stopped. And anybody who's done any investigation, like paranormal investigations, cold spots are like that. Oh, yeah. EMF spikes are like that where you can like, if, you, if you're somebody who's sensitive and can feel the EMF spikes. Um, I know our mom's old house out by off of um, 60th. I could feel their um, thermostat. And it always felt like somebody was staring at me from the hallway. But when every time I'd walk past the thermostat, it would get really strong. And it was just the EMF that the, the thermostat was emitting. We actually got an EMF detector and like tested it, and it was high. But I could feel it. And like the hair on my arm would stand up every time I'd walk past it. And it's that kind of a sensation is what he kind of described. It was just like that your senses heighten. Because you feel danger. 
And I thought it was really interesting that she talks about that kind of a fear. And he talked about driving through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Now, November 18th, 1966, there were two Point Pleasant firefighters that were visiting the TNT area. And they spotted an unusually huge red-eyed bird. Now, wait a minute. Earlier, you were talking about there was red lights over the TNT facility. Mm -hmm. And as he was checking that out, one rose up from the ground next to him. Now, the creature rose up from the ground in front of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, actually... and the creature has red eyes. Yeah. So is is that saying that maybe there's multiple of them? Yeah. Well, that was part of what was happening. There were a lot of UFO and light anomalies happening in the area at that at oh, that particular okay. time. They're saying with the lights and over, with that's uh, what rose in front of them. With, yeah. their, with her saying it came from the ground, there's a lot of reports of the Mothman, of him coming from the ground to standing like in front of you and then fly, flying off. For some reason, that's creepier to me than him flying yeah. over. Yeah. It was the fact that like <laughs> he'd come from like a lay, like be almost like blended and laying in the on the ground or coming from the ground. The story is never actually specific specifically, but well, they would say he would come from the ground to stare at, stand in front of you and stare at you, and then he would fly off. That's one hell of a ghillie suit. Well, so right. that's that's the thing. It's either one thing, somebody who's trying to scare you. Yeah, which they did be smacked upside the head. Yeah. Or it's probably Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> You've been pumped. <laughs> Way to reference it. Old, old, old TV show. Um, but yeah, it's either somebody who's like trying to scare you or this creature is actually manifesting right in front of you. Yeah. It's one of those things. It could be one of those things. It's kind of like a uh, predator to where. I mean, it's got wings that for some reason we tend to re- see from these stories don't do much. Maybe his wings are actually blending him into the ground, and then maybe it's like an oh, invisibility yeah. suit, and he like wraps himself in it. I'm thinking yeah. maybe it's just like you know moss, moth, <laughs> when they're on trees and stuff with their wings are actually meant to help they're them camouflage. blend in, camouflage into yeah their surroundings. Yeah. So maybe that's what hit the wings are for. Yeah, even horned owls and stuff like that. They yeah. got that kind of camouflage, well, or it could also be the fact. I know you've mentioned this before, how some spirits, they seek to just scare you in order to feed off of your fear. Yeah. Like, And um, Mothman seems to do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, There's not really any reports of him like physically attacking people. He, that's, 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 but I don't a have lot any. of yeah. close calls and him like scaring people. Like a lot of him like dive bombing like an eagle would. Yeah. But not actually like, making contact with people. I don't have any, any touching. Yeah. Like he 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 has his rules. He doesn't touch. That's what th- makes me think of like Tulpa. Yeah. Like it's a manifestation yeah. that's yeah. feeding off your fear. Yeah. To make itself grow and Yeah. Very very well could be. His his whole point is to scare the shit out of you so that he has the energy to manifest and continue yeah. on. Now, my next sighting that I have is not it's like a year later. November 21st, 1967, police were dispatched to the address of Richard West. When he called to report a large winged being standing on top of his neighbor's roof, its wingspan was approximately eight feet, and it also had red eyes that glowed in the darkness. He said he saw it ascend like a helicopter before it vanished. Just lifting well, straight just up. Just lifting straight up. 
<laughs> no running, flapping. No, just uh, no. His wings just. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was just doing hand signals so I didn't sound like an idiot, but thank you guys. I You're welcome. <laughs> He's just spinning super fast. And then, <laughs> One of those toys that you pull the string in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now what, are, what are those called? I'm just thinking of little helicopter yeah. things that yeah. you hold in your hand and just. <laughs> <laughs> and you launch. Uh, All right. So uh, then on November 25th of the same year, Tom Urry spotted Mothman while he was out driving on Route 62 near the TNT area. I noticed something out of the corner of my eye, he said, from the riverbank. It came up over the trees when I first saw it. It looked like a helicopter coming. Then it came out or came up over the trees and I could see it was a bird, a huge bird. I estimated the wingspan to be about 10 to 12 feet. I'd never seen anything that large before in my life. I was so scared, I w- but I wasn't terrified. It was a strange feeling. I'd never seen anything like it, and I hope I never do again. It was just unbelievable. He then goes on to say that it unfolded his wings and ascended straight, straight up and then dive-bombed his car. He lost sight of the thing as it flew over the vehicle and raced away. On November 27, 1967, Connie Carpenter had just left church when she spotted Mothman on her drive home. He was standing on the lawn of a golf course. The gray figure noticed Connie and flew straight at her coming right up to peer, in her fa- peer at her face to face, frightened the woman and frightened the woman through her windshield. His weird expression traumatized the poor woman. People think my wife's a, a kook. Carpenter's husband, Keith, said, what she's seen, she actually seen. Those eyes, that's all she ever said, those eyes. Connie would claim the next day that men in black drove up and asked her for directions. She stepped towards the vehicle, and he grabbed her. But she got away, but not before he ripped her blouse. The next day, she found a note on her front door. Be careful. I'll get you yet. The note read. These men and black people, they are the weirdest encounters you ever hear of. Now, there's a lot of references to the men in black. And the men in black that were seen in this area all were very similar. They all were slender, tan, Asian-looking people. They were all described the same way. Now, there were a few of them that wore, like, um, thick-soled shoes. There were a few of them that had to take pills. Like, they described them having to take pills after a few minutes of talking to them. That's actually a lot of cases of men in black, is them having to take pills. And then there was another one of... um, they uh, He came saying he was a reporter or something like that. And... She said, can I get you anything? He said, I'll need water in about 14 minutes. And then about 14 minutes later, he looked up at her and said, I can use that water now. But all of them speak very strangely, almost like they don't know how to speak. Like they like speak almost drunk, like slurring their words. Um, there was one case where the guy was in there. He was acting really weird. The woman felt awkward, so she went and got her boss. And... Then the man stole a pin off of her desk and took off running, laughing out the door. <laughs> and then she saw him again. Look at me, Spring Hill Jack. Well, there actually the book references Spring Hill Jack a couple oh, of times. <laughs> I gotta Be- read this book now like, because no it talks way. about how these men in black creatures that were because they called them creatures. These men in black, some of them reported like nauseous gases, which is something Spring Hill Jack would do. You know he jump out in front of his people and spray nauseous gas in their face or whatnot. Spring Hill Jack is actually mentioned in them. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, now there's another one that I have that was only in one of my books and I couldn't find anything about this anywhere else. And I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a BS story, but I thought I'd go ahead and share it and you guys can take from it what you will. There was an eight year old Andrew Colvin along with his group of classmates and they all had an encounter with the Mothman. Shortly after the sighting, the children appeared, appeared to become gifted with genius-level IQs. Colvin suddenly developed an unknown aptitude for art and painting, and he eventually became a director and photographer. Another child started to receive prolific visions. He had visions of the September 11th disaster. What? He had visions of the September 11th disaster. On September 11th, a disaster would strike New York City. And the event, the event would eventually lead to World War, two, or World War III. After the September 11th attacks, the Colvin um, was so stunned that he devoted his career to investigating Mothman. And he believes that Mothman is an observer of human responses to, cata- to catastrophes. catastrophes who reports to some higher ups. Well, that's one of those things I've been reading that a lot of people see Mothman as a benevolent creature who's actually... Warning, like because he's always seen months or weeks before a natural or a big disaster, and people, some people believe that he's actually there trying to warn people. But because it's this giant red-eyed winged creature, people are more terrified of it and not seeing what he's trying to do. And well, the reason I didn't totally blow this story off is because he's not the only case of premonitions. Yeah. From people in the area. Um, in fact, John Keel had some. He, John Keel actually was told that the Pope would be going to the Middle East and would be stabbed. Well, the Pope did go to Turkey. He did not get stabbed. But then, like a year later, there was an assassination attempt on his life by a man in a black suit who tried to stab him in an airport, which is exactly what Keel had been told was going to happen. It just happened a year later at a different time. There was he didn't realize there was a comma <laughs> in between he's going to the Middle East. <laughs> comma. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna get, get stabbed. stabbed. Now <laughs> Keel was a journalist and ufologist. So like I said, he was there researching the lights phenomenally and the UFO sightings in the area. Um there was also an increase in poltergeist activity in the area. Uh people were having TVs burn out, like at an alarming rate strange noises, telephone calls. They had weird telephone calls where they'd answer and there'd be nobody there. Or they'd answer their phone and there'd be somebody speaking another language on the other side, other line. I get those at work all the time. There were even <laughs> cases... <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about how to say the, is your refrigerator running in Spanish? <laughs> it's like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, can't think of how to structure it. Well... Keel had some really interesting experiences where he would get phone calls from Mary Hyde, I think is her, no, Hire, was her name? Mary Hire, she's the reporter, mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know, this, 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 and this. And then he'd call her back. She's like, I never called you. And then there'd be somebody else who would call. And then people would say they got phone calls from John. John's like, I never called you. Do you remember Go that ahead. story I, I, I read about the guy that was receiving phone calls at work? From himself, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. left in the personal stories episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, kind of makes me think of yeah. that kind of well, stuff. Well, that's kind of was like the time slips kind of get involved here a little bit. Yeah. But then there was also cases of he went to the phone company. Actually, the phone company came out to his apartment building and showed him that his lines were not tapped, that his lines were not traced. Everything yeah. at the apartment complex was correct. He then went to the phone company and had them show him. And they gave him, I guess there's a code number for every phone line. And they gave him that code number, so he called that number from a payphone, and somebody answered the phone and said, "This is John Keel." Are you shitting me? Yeah, this is what his this is the story he talked about. So he's like, so he called back from a different phone line and said, "Hi, John. This is John." And the phone hung up on him. So somewhere, somebody was tapping into his line somewhere, but it wasn't through his apartment, and it wasn't through the phone company government cover up he actually went to the fbi about this about the phone stuff well they're the ones doing it they're not gonna go well, uh, precisely uh, <laughs> uh, no uh, uh <laughs> no isn't yeah no no nothing's happening here nope now he even had things where because you know he was an, a ufologist investigating cases across the country he would have contactees in oregon call him and tell him about events that were happening in point pleasant yeah. That would then happen like later on. Then Mary Hare, or Mary Heyer, the local reporter at Point Pleasant, called John and told him about a dream that she had where she saw people floating in the river along with Christmas presents. And she didn't really know what to make of this. What in the hell? And exactly. This was mo- like a month or so before the event. Okay. Little did she know that this would be a premonition of the world's or the, the most deadly bridge disaster in U.S. history. All right, so now we're going to get dark and sad. Dun, 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 dun. On December 15th, 1967, the Silver Bridge that connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with Gallupus, Ohio, experienced a failure of the supporting I-bar pin. This happened at 5 o'clock p.m., the busiest time of the day for the bridge. The bridge was completely loaded down with drivers returning home from work and a day of Christmas shopping. The people in the cars crashed into the icy river below. Men, women, and children were trapped inside their vehicles as the bridge fell on top of their cars. Witnesses described hearing a loud boom and seeing the bridge fall into the Ohio River. It took days to pull people out. Some were never recovered. So I think it was 46 people... 46. Yeah. Killed, and two of them have never been found. Yeah. yeah. Witnesses describe seeing bodies and Christmas pack- packages floating in the river, just as Mary had seen in her vision. Many have associated the Mothman with this disaster, and they call him a bringer of death, while others see him as a trying to warn people of pending disaster. John Keel seems to associate him with aliens and UFO sightings. But nobody really knows. Some people claim to have seen Mothman on the bridge that, that there night. There were hundreds of witnesses who believed to see him on top of one of the structures of the bridge. Um, when the engineers pulled the bridge out of the water, that's when they found the I-bar pin had broken. Now, the bridge was 20, 30 years old. Being in Oklahoma, we've experienced many bridge collapses. I mean... We have really bad infrastructure when it comes to our bridges and overpasses here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So collapsed bridges and overpasses happen a lot here. Not to this magnitude. I mean, think about it. 
hundreds of people were on this bridge. The fact that it was only 46 that died is amazing. Is amazing. Yeah. You know, so. It just, it baffles me that one weak link can cause this bridge that's, you know, meant to hold hundreds of thousands of pounds can collapse the way it does. And see, and I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but I feel the exact same way about the World Trade Center. Yeah. Those build, those support beams are designed to hold a lot of weight. And I understand when they go, they go, but I don't know. I've also watched videos of the bridges that sway. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's just one of those things I look at it as like, from the reports I read, like where the T-bar I-pin was or whatever, was like in the center of the bridge, yet where it broke were towards the ends of each side of the bridge. Yeah. And it just baffles me, but that's how how the bridge would collapse with that being the part that's broken. Still terrible thing yeah but it's one of those now there's the reports whether it's mothman's there trying to warn people to scare people from getting on the bridge and that's why he's there on the bridge and i do have he's there causing the issue i have one story from later on where mothman actually saved lives that i'll talk about in a little bit so he very well could have been trying to scare people away from the bridge so I guarantee but you, if I was driving and saw this giant winged creature sitting on the side of the bridge, I'd be stopping my car. I have seen I've seen videos of a creature on top of bridges before that they claim to be Mothman. Whether it is or not, I don't know. But I've seen seen footage of it. And yeah, it's kind of creepy. First of all, why is somebody on top of a bridge? I'm sorry, if I saw anything that was... Hell, if I saw a person standing on top of a structure on a bridge, I would probably stop in the first place. Like, with the way this bridge was designed and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if I saw someone standing up there, which would be hard to see, a mothman who's eight feet tall with a wingspan of 12 feet, it's going to be pretty noticeable, I would think. You would think, yeah. And, like, I'm sorry, I would I would cause an accident on the highway stopping because I'm not going towards that thing. Yeah. What time of day did this happen? 5 p.m. Rush, rush, hour. rush hour traffic. Yeah, rush hour traffic. You said that. Yeah. We can just cut that out then. <laughs> no, I'm gonna leave it in there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still it's still daylight. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's, it's it's it, no, well, it's it's five p.m. It's Christmas, so it's starting to get twilightish. Dark, but yeah. Also, that was one of the first reports that I had read of him being seen in the daylight. Yeah. Almost all yeah. the reports I read were him at night. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting. I could never. I couldn't find any specific eyewitness accounts of seeing him on the bridge. Just. Rumors of people seeing him. Well, on supposedly the afterwards, like to the police station and everything like that, there were a lot of reports called into the police station of them seeing this creature on the bridge before it collapsed. But how much of that is actually people seeing it, or just the panic and yeah. the? Well, at this point, Mothman's already is known. Of, yeah. the fact that everyone knows who Mothman is there at this time. Yeah, he's already a pretty common sighting. So yeah, it could be someone. People just thinking they saw something <laughs> and, you know, it was nothing on the bridge. They just saw it, but they just saw the bridge actually collapsing and they interpreted it as something. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. It's a very sad story. Um, what happened? And I think the movie, if you've ever seen the movie, The Mothman Prophecies, 
It's a really good movie, and I recommend it. I actually almost it. watched that today before coming over, but I decided to do some more research and then fell asleep. Now, I talked about this, too, I think, in one of our episodes when we were talking about different paranormal shows, and it was maybe the first episode. I rewatched the Paranormal State episode where they go to Point Pleasant, and they take the medium with them. Now, what Chip Coffee says in this episode is he says that what he feels is not human, but it feels like it's of some Native American descent. Well, Native Americans actually have a lot of, whether it be mythological or like godlike creatures that are winged creatures. Yeah. And <clears throat> so, I mean, it'd be well, very Well, John Keel goes a lot into ancient. He actually talks about what Eric Von, whatever from the Chariots of the God book and ancient aliens and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes into that a little bit about how ancient civilizations talk about seeing these winged humanoid creatures and they made them gods or angels or, you know, demons, things of that nature. So he kind of associates associates Mothman with that in some instances. Yeah. So whether he be like an angel of death, that's another theory out there. Yeah. Um, I did list some other things that Mothman could be. He could be a stickini. Could be a stickini. There are many reports of owlmen across the world, not just... Some here in Oklahoma. Some here in Oklahoma, over in Seminole. You should listen to that episode. Stakini and Deer Woman. I think it's episode four or five? Something like that, yeah. Right after the Wolfman episode. Thunderbirds. We're going to do an episode on Thunderbirds. Another Native American... Um, Spring Hill Jack. We've talked about him already. Spring Hill Jack! And... Uh, John Keel does mention that Mothman could impact, in fact be a Spring Hill Jack type character. Those who don't know who Spring Hill Jack is, Spring Hill Jack is a cryptid from the United Kingdom that would jump out and what, grab women's breasts and he would gr- jump out and put na- nauseous gases in people's faces. And That sounds like my kind of cryptid. He was uh, a leaper. I'm <laughs> Spring Hill Jack. Where he couldn't fly, but he could, he could jump, jump great really distances. High, which is the spring heel. Bound buildings in one small swoop. Like the Hulk. But much, much smaller. Much smaller. Yeah. yeah. And not great. Damn it. <laughs> so actually, nothing like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> My dreams. And he's the normally Jer- never angry either. The Jersey uh-huh. Devil. Although the Jersey Devil, we will also have to cover. The Jersey Devil is an interesting one. But it's just another flying humanoid that is in the same general vicinity of the United States. There are many Batman creatures. In fact, we could do a whole episode on Batman, on Batman creatures. Oh, there are Batman. the Batman of Pennsylvania, Missouri, and Chicago. Batsquatch of Tacoma. Batsquatch. Wisconsin's Batman and the lacrosse Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Lacrosse? Yeah. I am just now picturing <laughs> Batman <laughs> with a lacrosse stick. <laughs> and a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> but with his like ears still poking up through the helmet. And I'm that's think, what I'm, I'm thinking like in like his bat suit, but with like a lacrosse jersey coloring instead of black. Oh, <laughs> with bats. <laughs> Basquatch. I like bat squatch. It's like it was I'm my not favorite. the sand squatch you want. I'm the bat squatch you deserve. <laughs> Of course, you also have dragon sightings that still exist to this yeah. day. Those are really interesting. Dragons um, are awesome. And you have pterosaur. 
uh, sightings. Uh, a lot of a lot of pterosaur sightings, I think, can be explained. Uh, Thunderbirds as well, but we'll have to cover that. In those. There's a couple of pictures I saw that were supposed to be video or fo- uh, picture evidence of uh, Mothman. It looks like a pterosaur. No yeah. tail, like the way it's flying, looks like a pterosaur. Now I, got, I got a question for you. Um, in our alien episode about the reptilians, yes, the wings had to do with their social class and their hierarchy. Is maybe that something to do with this Mothman? That is another theory of mine. Yeah. Um, the Draco Royals have wings, but they're usually white. There is one of the stories that I read that it was a pale figure that was flying over them, but a lot of that is believed because the car lights that was hitting it made it look pale. Yeah. But there's a couple of stories of a pale-like creature as well. So I totally forgot. Remember that fact or faked episode uh, where they did Mothman? And they drew. They had a bunch of cutouts that they placed in the woods, and they had people drive by, and then ask for the descriptions of the cutouts. Do you remember that episode? No. no. But go ahead. It, but it was they were trying to debunk Mothman, and they I think they pretty much, if I remember correctly, they kind of debunked it as misidentification, um, because these cutouts, you know, they had one that was like three foot tall, and they had one that was like eight feet tall. And people would just describe them all about the same size based off of where they were at and how their headlights hit it and things like that. It's an interesting episode. Um, Some of the skeptics of Mothman say it's a crane. Um, I've also heard possibility, like I said, there was the sightings of ostriches in the area. I don't, we had ostrich, we have ostrich farms around here. I don't know if they have ostrich farms in. West, West Virginia. Virginia, but it could be escaped ostriches. I don't know. Ostriches tend to run and flap wings, though they don't. They don't just shoot up into the sky. Yeah. I've seen ostriches run and flap their wings. So, also, I mean, not that they've been uh, that I've known of them being in the United States, but somewhere overseas. Uh, I mean, there are bats that are four, five yeah. feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Red eye when you uh, look at Australia, them, have, I believe Australia might be, and they <coughs> might have like reddish eyes. They're like fruit bats and stuff. Like they only eat fruit, but they're bats large enough so to scare people. Adorable. <coughs> they all look bats. like chihuahuas, though. They, we had a the little min pin. Too? Our little min pin was a wingless. Was bat. a wingless bat. Like yeah. she, like I look at pictures of bats and I see, I see our little Trixie, big old bug eyes sitting on top of her head, and she was like black and tan, a really sharp pointy nose. She looks just like a bat. <laughs> So there are many other explanations for Mothman. I personally like to think of Mothman as we've described previously being a moth humanoid character. Whether he's an alien or an entity, eh, could be left for debate. I don't know. What, what says that aliens aren't, you know, spectral entities? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our reptilian ep- or our, God, not our alien episode talked about the telepathic communication there's lots of people who feel like they heard mothman speak yeah. to them telepathically oh like i have a story that i was reading that i was going to share um this was uh, a guy he's actually from like the southern parts of michigan there was a night that him and there's a, a night where him and this one of his friends were hanging out and their parents were gone and they decided they lived out in kind of like countryside they said they were going to go on a walk through this old, untraveled road, really. 
So we started walking home. I walked, taking on a walk, and the girl he was with was complaining about she was scared of the Michigan dog man. And, you know, he's talking to her and telling her, oh, you know, it's not real or whatever. And they come across this old ban- uh, building banding, or abandoned building. Abandoned building. There you go. A building abandoned. <laughs> An abandoned building. And they decided, well, they're going to you know, walk around it, and there's a cornfield behind that, and then it's just the woods back to the house, be the quickest route. It's getting dark. They decided it was time to go home. So they start walking. They go around the building through the cornfield into the forest, um, and they start getting this presence of something watching them. And they start walking through the forest, and then they start hearing the flapping of wings. And at this point, they kind of uh, start moving a little bit faster. They decide they've got to get back. Um, With one of the flaps of wings, they have this strong wind gust that blows tree limb down, almost hits them. Um, And from that point, they could see the light from the front porch of the house. So they took off running to the front porch. As they got closer to the edge of the forest, they could actually hear footsteps behind them, chasing them. So when they got out of the forest, they just sprinted to the front door, didn't look back, closed the door, turned the porch light off, and they crouched down trying to figure out what's going on, you know, freaking out. Uh, The parents still weren't home yet. He finally gets the nerve to kind of look out the window. When he does, he sees a eight-foot-tall, dark, grayish figure with bright red eyes and wings standing at the edge of the forest. So he kind of ducked back down, told the girl he's with to stay back down because she was about to get up and look outside. He didn't want her to see it. He got up and started looking out there again. He said he was drawn into the eyes, and he had this sense of security. He didn't feel scared. He felt like everything was fine. He said he started reaching up to unlock the door, and the girl he's with slapped his hand, and he snapped out of it. And then uh, the parents came home, and he looked back out the window, and it was gone. And he said for, he said like 13 months, every couple weeks, he would see it looking like standing in the window, looking through at him, or he would hear things when he was outside. He refused to go outside after dark. He finally gave up and moved to Florida and hasn't seen it since. But there's actually wow. a bunch of Lake Michigan cases, like just around Lake Michigan. So in Michigan and uh, Indiana and Illinois and just all around that area. There have been a lot of sightings in the past year. Yeah. Um, and this story, I think, was... It didn't have a date on it, but from what the guy was saying, I was thinking it was probably 10, 15 years old. But. Now, something else that is really common with those who get sucked into its eyes, they develop conjunctivitis. Um, pink eye. Really severe cases of it. Hmm. In fact, I believe Connie, one of the stories I read about Connie, the young girl, she ended up getting it. And there have been a few other cases of people who actually got sucked into looking into its eyes and ended up with conjectivitis, like deep burns in the eyes is basically what it was. Mothman just makes me want to believe in vampires. Well, you're sitting there talking about how it's like glimmering him, you know, like open the door, invite me in. But then again, reptilian. Yeah. I'm I'm still not totally out on the reptilian. Red eyes. A lot of vampires were seen with red eyes or a reddish tint to their eyes. Uh, you know, humanoid, large wings. Like maybe vampires aren't like what we see them as. Like these are more like the Skyrim back vampires. Yeah. Not like Dracula, who you know turns into a bat. Like it's actually a humanoid figure with bat wings. Yeah, and can. 
Now, Mothman did not stop after the bridge collapse. No, he did not. Mothman has been sighted multiple times in multiple areas. And I've got a few sightings here that have happened since 1967. The first one was September 10th, 1978. Um, some, this, some miners in uh, Germany, they were heading to their mine to start their day when they saw what they thought was a man in a trench coat standing in the entryway. But it's, they soon realized as it unfolded its wings that it was in fact a large winged being with bright red eyes. It let out a large screech and the miners took off. About an hour later, the mine collapsed. So this See? is this is the case that I had of Mothman actually He's saving lives. He's there trying lives. to keep this from happening. Then April <clears throat> 1986. This is what Chad's already talked about here. But April 26, 1986, the Soviet Union, during a test of a reactor number four at the Chernobyl nuclear uh, plant, there was an explosion that took place that resulted in a fire and eventually a complete meltdown. meltdown. Soon after, the town of Papayat, I'm probably saying that wrong, um, was evacuated due to the harmful radiation. And in the years that followed, Chernobyl is you still, they're still just now down, yeah. letting people in to certain, to certain areas. Um, so we're talking 32 years later. But up until this point, there were stories of people witnessing this Mothman type figure. Yeah, they, were call, they were calling it the Chernobyl Blackbird. Yeah. Seeing it around the power plant, um, even on top of some of the reactors, you know, in that area. Through town, like through the towns around it. They even reported harassing nightmares and phone calls, just as they had received at Point Pleasant. So there is that one. That one was interesting, but I'm always, I'm super interested in Chernobyl. (laughs) Just the fact, like, how could that happen with no warning and... Well, from what I was reading, they didn't think the fire was that big of a deal. Well, supposedly there was something else wrong. Yeah. And it was covered up because they didn't want... The, like, it was like they had skipped some corners when building and didn't want to that to be let out. So they just left, kind of made everything quiet about it. And then this happened. But like, I don't know, Chernobyl, or Chernobyl just scares me looking at the photos. Yeah. Of like the drones and stuff that have gone through it. It's absolutely terrifying to watch. Because it's a town that's completely <coughs> dead, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Giant like apartment buildings. Grown just over. empty, but you still see kids' toys and clothes and chairs and did you ever all watch? This stuff there, there was a documentary around two thousand, what two thousand twelve? Is that the end of the world? Yeah, like the world without humans. There are a lot of shows like that that yeah. happened around that time. It looks like Chernobyl, but a lot of the, a lot of the footage was from Chernobyl. Yeah, or Chernobyl. Well, then there's the movie Chernobyl, Chernobyl Diaries, which is a decent found footage film. I actually watched that. Um, decent found footage film, but uh. It get, a lot of the stuff they showing like of the stuff around them is from the drone footage, and then recreated. But yeah, that yeah. it, I could definitely see how Mothman would be sighted around that area. Yes, I could see how he'd probably live there now. Yeah. Um, the next sighting I have is actually September eleventh, two thousand one. People reported seeing a crane-like humanoid flying around. Um, the World Trade Center buildings five days prior to the terrorist attacks. And there are even some people that um, report seeing the creatures in the days that followed the attacks as well. Um, I just got cold chills. I did too, actually. I'm (laughs) right now. Probably because I remember this one so vividly. But seeing um, the creature in the smoke and in the dust 
flying through it. Um, then in 2006, I'm like, I'm still getting chills. Yeah, me too. Okay. At least it's not just me. <laughs> I invited something in apparently. In 2006, Wisconsin, a uh, father and son uh, saw a large creature with wings and red eyes. They described it as uh, described its screeching, and that the creature was able to follow them as they sped away, and described it even as flying backwards, looking into their windshield at one point. The father described the creature as a gray and black with very little hair, more like a bat. He described it as having teeth and wings that were attached to the body. August 1st, 2007, Mothman was reported seen near the site of another bridge collapse. This is this time at rush hour as well. It was the I-35 bridge, um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I actually remember when this happened. We actually had just been there when it happened. Mm -hmm. Like right, right before it happened. Um, the bridge gave way, sending people in cars crashing into the river. Only 13 people died and 147 were injured. Um, people were more report seeing the Mothman, a Mothman-like figure appearing near the bridge about a month before it collapsed. Um, and again, people were dismissing it as a crane or a her or heron, yeah. a large heron, just as they did with Point Pleasant. In April 10th, 2009, residents of La Juanita, the in the Mexican state of Chihuahua, began seeing a strange creature. Uh, he was tall and hairy with two large wings and blood red, or red bloodshot eyes. One student even reported, seeing, uh, reported the creature chasing him relentlessly. Those were 15 minutes of maximum despair, the student said. It was during this time that the era began to see a rise in swine flu cases that were tied to the 2000 swine flu outbreak, or 2009 swine flu outbreak. There were two other people who proclaimed seeing the creature near an orchard um, in the same area. Let's see. In 2011, uh, in Japan, people reported seeing Mothman prior to the earthquake. Uh, follow, uh, the earthquake followed by the tsunami followed by the nuclear yeah. meltdown um, saw him flying in the days and weeks prior to that disaster then on November 20th 2016 an unidentified man captured an image of what he believed to be Mothman flying over Point Pleasant West Virginia again um, he took pictures as he was driving down Route 6 these pictures I will put on our Facebook page yeah. Um, Snopes. I actually went to Snopes for this one. They could not confirm or deny it. I would say a lot. I've written a lot of the <coughs> pictures here. They took to like professionals, and they couldn't say it was. They they were saying it wasn't altered, but they couldn't say it was per true. Like uh, legitimate. Yeah, legitimate. But they said they could. From what they could tell, the photos hadn't been altered at all. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. I would say I was reading just before we did our uh, crypt, our first cryptid episode, that he had been seen uh, around um, West Virginia again. Wow! So that's can you see it, Dave? No. I'm trying. Can you tilt it this way? I'm, all I'm seeing is a glare. Oh, okay. The picture is a glare. Never mind. 
It's kind of a blurry picture. Yeah, okay. It's just it's just a black spot that kind of looks like a bird. I mean, you can actually vividly see that there's <coughs> wings there, but the back end of that half... It doesn't... Well, it looks humanoid, but it doesn't look human either. Yeah. yeah. The way the knees, the legs and stuff are bent. Yeah. Now, there are lots of, lots of stories of um, flying humanoids around Mexico. Yeah. Um, there's been a large increase in South America right now of... Humanoid birds or humanoid flying creatures? Well, in 2017, multiple people report seeing an owl man slash Batman slash Mothman creature flying around Chicago. Um, that was right when the riots were starting. And in fact, there are so many sightings yeah. in so many different areas of the city that, <clears throat> that authorities believe that there are more than one. Because the sightings are happening so close together and so far apart, like the yeah. t- like time wise they're close together, location wise they're far apart. And you and I have been to Chicago. It's hard to get around in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're flying, yeah, you don't have to worry about traffic, <laughs> yeah. but or unless they're, yeah, like you were saying, interdimensional beings. Yeah. Now, like, I, there's actually a whole website that I found that just lists sightings in the Lake Michigan area, starting in like 1981, I think, and then like lists every sighting. And then they break it down into UFO or uh, wing bean or possible hoax. Like they have it mapped down and then they have it just listed out and it's pretty interesting stuff. I didn't go through all of it because I felt like I had a lot of information as it was. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I have definitely heard about the Chicago sightings and Chicago's had a lot of violence here lately. Mm -hmm. And I know the president has threatened Chicago and all kinds of stuff here lately. So, well, just I mean, just this year there was reports of Mothman back in West Virginia. Yeah, that's so. that one that those pictures were from. Yeah. Mothman in West Virginia. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was from 2016. There have yeah. been ones this year. Have there? Of reports of seeing no evidence, but reports. Now, when talking about Mothman being around when disaster strikes, we had um, May third, 1999, in Moore, Oklahoma. We had the largest tornado on record go through the town. Yep. Pretty much wiped out the entire section of town that it went through. Lots of people lost their lives. There are reports of weird light anomalies happening in the area dur- before, during, and after the events. Um, I don't know if there's actually any Mothman sightings, but that would almost be an event that I would even think that... Because this event, it was very significant in the fact that they they had to redo the rating of tornadoes because of it, because the wind speeds were higher than any hurricane ever on record. Yeah, it was the high, highest wind speeds ever record, recorded on Earth. And they were they were damn near what four hundred miles an hour. I it was it was like yeah, it was crazy. Um, but, now, but the the tornado it took a path that was. A mile wide, and it destroyed everything. So it was just dirt after. Yeah, it was just dirt. Yep, I knew a lot of people that lived in Moore at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Our sister was living up there. Yeah, well, her apartment complex was destroyed. There were no walls, but her countertop was there. And an empty Walmart bag was still there. An empty Dollar General bag was sitting on her counter where she left it. No walls around the entire house, the apartment. 
but that static was still there. So tornadoes are weird. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, we've had three, four that size. Not as devastating as that one. I mean, we have the one that went through more that so hit. We have uh, the May 20th that followed was, the same path. There was the May, there was the May 3rd, May the 8th. May 8th. There's May 5th yeah, one. Yeah, May 3rd, yeah. May 5th, May 8th, May 10th, and May 30th. 20th. 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 And then the there's a the 30th, too. Oh, yeah. The 30th hit El Reno. Yeah. Because it's the one that killed the guys from the Storm Chaser show. Yeah, because they were told to go. Yeah. Well, be, yeah, because the, <coughs> the stupid <coughs> weathermen told people to get in their car and drive south. And which they drove then right just, into it. Then just blocked all the highways so nobody could get anywhere, and then it went right past everybody. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that same weatherman still has his job somehow too, but we 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 digress. <laughs> 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 but smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. <laughs> but there are Mothman reportings all throughout the world. Yeah, not just in the United States. Well, I said Germany yeah. and Chernobyl and Japan. So this creature either gets around or there's multiple. And and, and again that. This could all just be the same thing, just with a different name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's. Dave got me a new book. So um, someone went diamonds. I want monsters in America books. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's American monsters, and it has 125 pages of flying humanoids in America alone. Yeah. And a lot of this, to me, goes, well, how many of these are actually just all the same creatures? Yeah. Especially with all the Batmans and Owlmans and mm. Owlman and Owlman. There we go. And there's something also, if you want to look at it in, like, the scientific That's way, like, how, what's the chance of this actually just being a creature that we've just never, it's been secluded enough that's never been noticed? Yeah. But with how... We're tearing down these forests and its home that it's now starting to travel more into populated populated areas. areas. That's also another yeah. thing to go about, like uh, certain species of a lot of both marine biology and uh, uh, mammal biology has been moving in and out of the forest, both with insects and whatnot, too. With the climate changes and the, I mean, all this other kind of stuff that goes on, uh, new species have been discovered that thought either were extinct or had never been seen before. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if all it could be, it could just be an evolutionary uh, or an evolution of a certain creature we already know about, but it's just not well known enough and hasn't been captured that. Well, we don't know what it is. You're also talking, this is a creature that's been spotted near nuclear sites and chemical plants and things of that nature. Think of the Montauk monster. No. And, you know, what they said is a boxer is what they came out and said. It was a boxer. Uh, skinless, or hairless, hairless boxer, boxer yeah. with no lips. and Which I know was military munitions. Now, I don't know about ones made in the World War II era, but modern day ones, they're completely full of uranium. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things when you got back from Iraq, they had to test your exposure to uranium. Yeah. So and I tested very high. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact that a lot of soldiers that return that have children within the first few years have female children. Yep. Due to the depleted uranium. Oh. Uranium miners, too. 
yeah. all have female children. Just so happens that our firstborn is a daughter. But also, then awesome. again, that's how our family works. Our family yeah. is all girl, then boy. Chad. He'll have a girl first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's just how it, ha- how it happens. I thought you were saying, ask if I was a girl. I was <laughs> no? <laughs> no, your facial Pretty hair sure. kind of defeats that whole idea. <laughs> Body <laughs> hair hormones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're talking, is this an actual creature that's just mutated some way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole comic book series based off of mutants, right? <laughs> Who says that's not happening? And we just don't see it yet. Yeah. It'd be really actually it, not nice because I'm not cool with like uh, uh, animal uh, experiments and stuff like that. But it would be kind of cool to uh, see the effects on what um, not so much pollution, but like toxic amounts nuclear of nuclear waste and stuff nuclear like waste that. does to an animal. Like not so much to where it would Godzilla. kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm man. Tell you what, Ninja Turtles wouldn't exist without that stuff either. I'm just saying. I say we will never know because it will always be covered up. Yeah. Yep. And That's one of those things. Like, I wonder. Like, maybe they've captured a Mothman, and we just don't know. In Keel's book, he talks about how the aliens are. Well, first of all, the aliens are assholes. That's a given. Because these aliens will no, tell aliens people aliens like assholes, <laughs> or both. <laughs> 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 These aliens were telling people that, you know, the end of the world is coming on this day and this is going to happen. And so, you know, people go and they sit on their mountaintops waiting for the end of the world and then nothing happens. You see this in death cults across the country or across the world. And um, these were premonitions or aliens telling these people that these things were happening while yada, yada, yada. If this is the case, that's why they're assholes. It's because they do it just to see what we do. But what if this is going with a time traveler? Uh, theory you were talking about earlier. With the Men in Black was, was off. Black. The, we yeah. didn't talk about. Well, this no, say so wasn't yeah. on the podcast. We were talking about outside earlier. What if the aliens are telling them that this is going to be the end of the world? And then the time travelers come things, in and change. Things it? are coming back. People are coming back and changing small in, in small uh, events in history. Berenstein Bears. Berenstein Bears. Yeah, that's the, the, the whole Mandela effect kind of thing. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but like maybe the Mothman has come and actually stopped a few large events that would cause the world to end up to a certain date. And so when it doesn't happen, we all think, oh, they're just full of, they're brainwashed idiots. What if they were told the truth and they just believed it, but things have changed and the world doesn't end this date anymore? Now that textbook you were talking about where it said Nelson Mandela had died and a certain peace treaty ran out. Yeah. Maybe it goes along the lines of that. If something different would have happened with that peace treaty, maybe it would have had more dire consequences than it very than could it have been. Did, very well could have know? been. So that, that goes good with that theory you're talking Anybody about who there. has listened to... And I just made that up, by the way. But I kind of like it. Right. We all have a podcast that we listen to that we love, and that's <coughs> last podcast on the left. Very popular. Number one in Oklahoma. Number one in our hearts. Yes. In fact, I am wearing... My Ben Kissel for President shirt right now as we do this. But um, they do an episode on Men in Black where they talk about time crime. And they, you know, they make a big joke about it and all this stuff. But I really see, especially after doing the research on this episode. With all the Men in Black. With all the Men in Black in Point Pleasant around Mothman. And they're telling people don't talk about it. You know, don't report about it. But they're not telling them why. They're just saying don't do it. And it's like, 
could it very well be that these are really time travelers that are coming back to try to stop Moth? Maybe Mothman's a rogue time traveler. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to stop him from changing things, and they're trying to get to him before. That's why it's humanoid, because the way the world has evolved in his time, he's you know humans have created wings and. Well, he's just he's stuff. just got a jet a jetpack on. Yeah, he's just got a jetpack on, and then he's got a hey, glider. You're ruining my idea of the fact that we have evolved into these cool creatures, and he's just the so only dinosaurs, one with the power to dinosaurs turn into birds, and then humans turn into birds. Exactly. That's what's happening. It's how we come full circle. I, I see. I see. Jesus. Although the depiction of what he looks like is has been shown multiple times in any Scooby Doo, every Scooby Doo episode that involves Batman or. Well, you know, some pictures they don't show Mothman with a neck. He has no neck. He's There's just like all head. There's some that he He's doesn't have kin. arms. <laughs> I have no neck. Somewhere he has no arms. That his wings are his arms. Yeah. But then a lot of the reported sightings that I was reading about. Because he has like long skinny arms and legs and then wings off of his back. Yeah. And humanoid. Which is more of a draconian thing. Yeah, but humanoid uh, tor- like body, muscular body. Very muscular legs. That's one thing that uh, Linda Scarberry commented on multiple times was how muscular his legs were. He don't skip leg day. <laughs> Arm day, yes. Obviously leg skips day, wing day, though, because he doesn't <laughs> fly using his wings. So. Well, I mean, he's so strong with his legs. <laughs> so, so maybe he's yeah. more of like a leaper yeah. and a glider. Yeah. That's very a, possible. You know, they talked about him. Could, he could very well be a Spring Hill Jack type creature. Yeah. But he can glide. But he can yeah. glide. Um, I did have a story from 2008, though. Can I share that? Okay. No. No? <laughs> All right. Uh, in 2008, there was a couple who headed out uh, to the uh, Point Pleasant area just as a getaway. Uh, it was the first time they had uh, a day off to share, so that's what they did. As they were headed to Point Pleasant... They stopped for directions and instead got a handwritten map to an area that was pinpointed to contain a lot of paranormal activity. So they already kind of knew about the Mothman and the origin and whatnot. Um, They were just going out there to have a good time, but it kind of turned into something completely different. Sounds like one of me and Amy's road trips. (laughs) (laughs) You say there's a ghost, huh? Well, that's exactly what we went to uh, southeastern Oklahoma. We were looking for Bigfoot. Nice. That would have been fun. Grab some beef jerky, you know, because the, 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 yeah. Jack yeah. Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Sketch Watch. Sketch Watch. Squinch. You knew that because I've seen those commercials. I just want to see you get punted by Sasquatch. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's probably what would happen too. And we do. We go to haunted places and things like that. Like we got kicked out of the Griffin Park yeah. because of, we're taking pictures of the buildings at Griffin Memorial. That's awesome. Uh, when they arrived to the specific area, an eerie, fi- an eerie fa- feeling fell over them. They still chose to go forward. The man pulled out a voice recorder. They didn't actually specifically say the names. Actually, they did. I just forgot. So for this instance, we're going to call them <laughs> Sam and Sarah, okay? Uh, Sam pulled out a voice recorder to document the experience. He started to ask the Mothman to make his presence known. You know, why are you here? Basically the same thing you would ask if you were trying to do a paranormal investigation on a haunted home. Why are you here? Uh, what, what has made your existence so prevalent here? You know, all this other kind of stuff. Uh, the, um, blah, 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 blah. He started to ask the Mothman to make his presence uh, known. Why are you here, etc. The woman took over, sorry, Sarah took over the que- uh, questioning. After there was no response, then letter gave up and headed back into town. They didn't think anything of it, more so of it being just a hoax. 
When they arrived to t- uh, when they arrived to town to their hotel room, they listened to the voice recording. What they found was shocking. They claimed that it was a very quiet. They, they claimed that it was very quiet in the forest when they were recording and when they were asking questions. When they play it back, they heard a voice, a deep voice, reply, "I am here." This is also among like very much static, um, and it shook them to their core. Just then, the woman's phone rang. When she answered, there was nothing but static. Then they heard the voice say it again, I am here. They looked confused at each other because they were like, is this coming from the voice recording or the phone? She hung up the phone and everything was fine. Then they heard the voice say it again, I am here. The phone rang another time. This time, the man answered the phone and again was static. Yet again, the voice sounded out through the static, I am here. Now, it further goes on. This is the part that I actually remember that I didn't actually save on my phone is that uh, the woman ran inside and the guy stayed outside and was just listening to it over and over and over and over again to see if he was hearing what, exactly what it was saying. And they look out and there's like a tree line and among the tree line, they see red eyes. Or he says, sees red eyes, calls in to Sarah and Sarah comes out and it's gone. But what he thinks, like what he thinks happened is that when they were asking questions in this specific area, when they were asking questions, it followed them. And it was in the middle of the day. He said that they got there at like around noon. It was in the middle of the day. They got back into town around 3 or 4 o'clock. And then into the evening after dinner, went back, listened to the recording, and it followed them there. And they stayed in Point Pleasant, which, I mean, between that area and Point Pleasant, it's not a far distance whatsoever. All, all, all part of Point Pleasant. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I thought that was really, 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 really creepy. So much so that I stopped listening to that particular story and just went no. Sleep. Do we do we have a copy of this voicemail? Uh, I did look for it and I could not find one. Okay, okay. <laughs> which is Anyone kind of irritating. Else really interested in the fact that he has is- abilities to jam electronical signals? Yeah. I was actually just thinking about that, and I was thinking about... Were these reports of TVs? TVs, phones. Radios, phones, all going static. And It's it's a lot more paranormal than... I mean, I don't know, man. Like, what what they said that they felt was, like, almost a, a, a an evil, demonic, like, just, you know, aura, but that could also just... Th- their fear of being manifested into something like yeah. that. Well, see, when you're telling that story, my thought process goes, this is kind of like a demon in the sense that they called to it and, and it, it came. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In that instance, is it actually Mothman or is it maybe some entity that's now taking over in that area? Yeah. Because there's this void for it now because everybody saw it. I'm getting chills talking about it. Everybody I've been getting chills all night. Everybody saw it. This. And so there's the energy there and the fear there. So something has gone to fill that void. And it has yeah. food. Yeah. Yeah. Because now people come that's from a, all over. Point. People come from all over the world to go to Point Pleasant, Wisconsin. Or, oh gosh, to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. To see Mothman, which hasn't really been cited officially, you know, no. in decades. And so now there's this void. So other entities are taking hold because original Mothman didn't come when called. No. Mm-mm. He showed up when he wanted to be there. Yeah. So. Well, that's also the thing with just going this way with so many cryptids. 
Yeah. What is it that's saying that, you know, Bigfoot has been seen, but people go and ask for it and they believe they're seeing things and all this, but it's really something else that they're bringing or they're seeing and all that. That's just it's mimicking. It's almost like creatures. It's almost like using a well. I mean, in this in this context, it's almost like using a Ouija board to talk to your dead relatives, but yet you're letting something completely evil in. Yeah. And as long as you have the fear there, that's all I need to exactly to to thrive on that. And I mean, just well, I would be terrified of Mothman, but at the same time, from at least from all our research, there's been no physical attacks. No. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be. I guess I'd be scared a little bit, but I wouldn't be terrified. Then again, there are no reported because they, the, but they never disappearing. Yeah, disappearances. There. I mean. National parks in the area. Anybody missing in those national parks? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yes, with the accounts that I've heard, unless he admits, like Eric, not admits, but he emits the energy of to f- make people fear. Mm-hmm. I would at this point, if Mothman would be standing on the front porch when we go out for you guys to have your smoke break. I mean, yes, I'd, I, be, I'd be a little startled, but it'd be kind of like awesome. I'd be, yeah, I'd be scared. <laughs> I would have your scared. signature. <laughs> oh. We were talking earlier about how we'd fangirl out of the the men in black showed up on our porch one day. Well, technically, he talked yeah. about his pants down. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you brought that up. I just played with it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> we'd be like, men in black. Oh my like god, it. you're real. Can you totally sign this? <laughs> are you aliens? Are you time travelers? Uh, what are no, you? But, Tell uh, us what you are. Like, it'd be one of those things of like seeing like. A dangerous creature, where like you'd be, you get that tense, scared feeling, but then you'd be like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Like seeing like a tiger at the zoo, you know. If you saw it out of a cage, you'd be like, "Oh God, oh, but it's so cool! I want to touch it." <laughs> I don't know I, if that's where I no. would go with a tiger out of a no, cage. No, because like the reason why you, well, when, I don't know. I'd go uh, all uh, Steve Irwin with it. Oh, it's <laughs> good, dude. Oh, Crocky. It's a wild Mothman. <laughs> I'm going to touch it. <laughs> oh, he's angry. He's angry. Look at his bum. <laughs> yes. That, Chad would be probing Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> so you eat dead dogs, huh? <laughs> yep. You know what? You don't have cancer. <laughs> so one, one thing is like the analogy of the, the tiger. Like the thing is, is that especially like with me I don't get spooked very easily but like if if the situation of like so if you have a tiger in a cage you have that security of there being a fence around it right so you throw yourself into a area where there is no fence and there is no their guard if I walked outside I'm not saying like it's going to attack like close enough it's going to attack you but like I'm saying if you go on an African safari <laughs> which <laughs> we've just moved from the zoo to <laughs> No, well, I was saying the zoo, because like, as well as I said, at the zoo, you'd see one, you'd be like, oh, that's really cool, but you don't have that sense of fear. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. if you, you saw one be. out of a cage, you would have that sense of fear. You'd cry for But then you would still be kind of excited and interested. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like. That's what I was saying. See, not like it got out of the cage at the zoo. <laughs> that was not the, what that I was going. That did happen at our zoo. Yeah. Oh, that's at, terrible. At the zoo around here, the tiger gets out quite often. <laughs> <laughs> it's a normal occurrence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But 
Shere Khan got out again. Well, you know. Where's Mowgli? It's kind of like if you see a ghost. I mean, everybody but Dave has seen an apparition or what we assume was an apparition. Right? Yeah. Okay. So there's that moment of, holy shit, what's happening? Then there's that moment of, I want to touch cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> at least for me, that's what it was. Like when I realized that I was actually looking at an apparition, I was like, this is awesome. Then I tried to start debunking it. And like, I started like going into investigation mode. Yeah. Well, half asleep laying in bed. And then it turned to look at me and I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do with Mothman. Like, oh my God. It's so cool. Oh God. He's looking at me. <laughs> it burns. <laughs> Amy would just close her eyes, <laughs> lift her shoulders up, and go, it can't see me, it can't see me, it can't see me. That's totally my There's fight. No that's, a like home. that's a T-Rex, by the way, Amy. <laughs> so my fight or flight is that of the T-Rex? You, no, your oh. fight or flight would save you against the oh, T-Rex. Oh, I, guess, so. I am a twig. I am a twig. I am a twig. <laughs> so if Jurassic Park ever happens, all I have to do is go... <laughs> If you don't move, they can't see you. They have terrible eyesight. He would know this. He's a paleontologist. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for our Mothman episode for tonight. Say so it's never enough of Mothman, no. but enough for an episode. I think we can spin off of Mothman and go into some other stuff as well. So I'm looking forward to that. If you like us, we ask that you go to patreon.com backslash UMP normalcy and if donate. You- um, just a dollar gets you bonus content. I'm really far behind on getting bonus content out. I apologize. I'm going to release a whole bunch of stuff all at once, I think. Uh, <laughs> you can always like us, follow us, DM us, email us. Um, we're on all the social medias at UMP Normalcy. And you can email us at umpnormalcy at gmail.com. Oh, uh, I think Chad still needs some Twitter followers. I do. I think we're losing them. <laughs> Chad, you don't you don't tweet enough. Tweet more. I'm wondering what the podcast is up to. Oh, they're playing Pokemon Let's Go. <laughs> oh, they're playing Overwatch. Oh, he's pooping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's watching Netflix. Oh, he's masturbating. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I don't think people want to know all this about me. I think As I just Chad learned way quietly. too much. <laughs> so... With that, <laughs> I'm going to leave you with pictures of Chad in your head. <laughs> hey, he's a good-looking guy, right? He's not that bad. Um, Just take a picture of the wolf, man. You're good. All right. Well, I guess until next week. Keep digging. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs>